Coming to you from the Center for Social Confidence in Portland, Oregon, welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy, helping men everywhere go from social anxiety to social domination, with your host, Dr. Aziz. Welcome to today's episode of the show. I'm excited to be with you here today because we got a great remainder of the interview with John Parkin that if you haven't listened to the first half, it's in last week's episode, go check that out now. And this guy is fun, man. He's funny. I have not laughed so much in an interview, I don't think ever on this show. And it's funny because he's got a great wit, but he's also just so good at speaking to the truth of the matter in a really light and playful way. And that's how his books are too. So it's a real treat to be talking with John again today. And today we're going to be looking at how to say fuck it and then just go do what scares you. Because so much of the time, we hold ourselves back from doing something. You know, maybe we really want to do it. I really want to go talk to her. I really want to make that sale. I really want to get that promotion. I really want to step up and speak up more in meetings. I really want to just share freely with those people or joining into that group. I really want to, but, right? There's always a but. And then the but is I'm scared. And maybe we have some story. Oh, it's not going to work out. Oh, they're not going to like me. Oh, I'm not good enough. But underneath that is just raw fear, right? We just feel fear in our bodies. And so we got to be able to say, fuck it to that fear and then just go take the action. And the master of that is John. So let's jump into that interview with John right now. Expert interview. Um, but I mean, it's, 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 it's beautiful to experience that as you have, isn't it? It's, it's a beautiful thing to experience, especially if you know, if, if you're understanding yourself, you know what you're like in a, in, a, in a meeting or in a social situation or getting up and speaking, but you know what you're normally like. I mean, to get up and speak on stage in front of a thousand, two thousand people for me, and I've done it quite a few times, but it still makes makes me nervous for a few hours before. And when I'm about to go out on stage, it makes my heart pound. It's really, really hard. So to have what to have in mind what we're normally like, and then to picture what it could be like in a very different way, to be relaxed in that situation, and uh, just to be just complete, actually just to enjoy it or to see it as an adventure, to picture it. And then when you finally get and you do that and you manifest that, and the experience being completely different and actually enjoyable, um, it's transformative, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Um, shall I tell you my story? Uh, yes, we, we, we must. We must at least close that loop before, before we open <laughs> 10 others. It's, it is embarrassing, <laughs> but I have told it in front of a lot of people now. So it's not, it's, it's not the term. Because this story actually, it, this was about, it's, it was about going onto stage for, uh, blimey, I can't even remember which event it was, it, but it was a, I think it was a Hay House event and and it was an important thing i was doing i think i was um playing some music some of my music for the first time so not only was i talking in front of a lot of people there's a lot of writing on it um i was playing some music for the first time and maybe even singing i can't remember uh so i was nervous and um and i went to the uh <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> i have told it in front of a lot of people but it's now embarrassing me thinking about what i'm about to say <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the loo. Uh, you know, when you when you're nervous, you drink a lot of water, don't you? Sure. This is this is an awful thing. I used to that in business. You get nervous about a meeting. You drink lots of water, and you get to the meeting, you want to go and pee all the time. Um, 
So I'm careful before events that I don't drink too much, but just drink enough to kind of keep myself uh, hydrated. And so I, I basically wanted to time my pee, <clears throat> my uh, <clears throat> going to the loo, pretty close to the time I was going to stay, so I didn't get caught short. I'm sorry if I'm using any expressions that aren't familiar to a North American audience here, <laughs> but I didn't want to <clears throat> be halfway through my half an hour talk and kind of go, God, I've got to go for a pee. Uh, so about five minutes, seven minutes maybe before the, I was due to be on stage in front of the thousand people, uh, I went to the loo and I was basically standing up peeing and thinking about, okay, just relax. I was getting nervous by this time. Just calm down. It's all right. This kind of, and I kind of stamped a bit on my heels to kind of shake out my <laughs> body a little bit and relax. And, um, you know, you're nearly there. It's going to be fine. And uh, I kind of finished and I zipped up and I turned around to go out of the cubicle. I was in a cubicle uh, in this venue. And, and I looked down and I'd um, splashed, <laughs> not to put too fine a term of it, splashed a little on my trousers. And my trousers were very light. <laughs> and and it was very obvious. There was one particular mark on my trousers that was incredibly obvious that I had <laughs> I had gone for a pee and missed. <laughs> and so I now have five minutes before I'm due to be in front of a thousand people with a big spotlight on me. <laughs> and and I just go, oh God, oh oh fuck, fuck like this. <laughs> And I opened the door and I thought, well, okay, what I need is a, a hand dryer. Yeah. Yeah, that was where my mind went immediately. I was yeah. like, you need a hair dryer, yeah. you need it stat. <laughs> I, need, I need that hand dryer really quick. I went out and there were just paper towels. So I grabbed the paper towels and I started rubbing at this this mark. And it just made it worse. I had little bits of paper towel on my trousers now. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, I have to get to another toilet. And I came out. And this was like a backstage area. So I came out into the... I opened this door and it went into this public area. It was thronging with people. There were a hundred. It was a break. It was a break. So I was the first on after the break. Hundreds of people everywhere. So I, I kind of held. I was holding a water bottle. I held my water bottle close to my leg, to the stain, and hobbled across this public area and said to somebody, "Can you tell me where the toilets are, please?" Oh, they're over there. I went to the toilets, and there in the in these toilets were two, like gorgeous hand dryers stainless steel hand dryers and i i flicked one on and i started to dry my trousers and after t after five seconds it went off <laughs> and uh, you know you do what you know when the hand dryer yeah. goes off and you put your hand underneath and it wouldn't come back on again and so i basically hopped i literally hopped to the other hand dryer and i i put my hand under that and it didn't even come on so i'm, I'm now on one leg i'm i've got my hands under the two hand dryers trying to get them to come on and neither of them would come on and I'm going, oh, my God. And it's like three minutes before I'm due to be on stage. And at that point, I had, I realized I had a choice. And the choice was a really fuck it choice. Um, and the, the choice, and I really did think about this. The first choice that went through my head was, fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot conceive of the possibility of standing on stage in front of a thousand people with with piss on my trousers <laughs> it's, it just can't happen i'm just going to run out of the door and i'm going to go out onto the street i'm going to catch a train and then get a plane and go home <laughs> back to italy and so i seriously considered that for a moment because i'm looking at my trousers and it's not changing it's still there it's a really big stain 
And I thought, no, come on, come on, you've got to do it. Okay, okay, the next option is I say, fuck it, and I do it. You know, I, I just, I, I face the fear here, which is of being humiliated and embarrassed and the whole awful thing. And I stand up on stage kind of proud and confident and I don't worry about the fact that I've got a pee stain on my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, no, I can't do that. That's just, cr- <laughs> you're an idiot. You can't do that. And the third option that hit my head was a kind of like a more spiritual thing, which was like, okay, I can't figure this out. I don't want to run and I, I don't want to flee and I don't want to fight, which is always the thing we have in those situations, a fight or flight. I don't want to fight and I don't want to run here. So what can I do? And it's like, fuck it. I'm just going to kind of give in and I'm just going to see what happens. Mm. And so... I did. I com- In that moment, I thought, I'm just going to see. Just take it moment by moment and see what happens. And I completely relaxed as I said that or thought that. And I then walked out in a kind of semi-defeated, given up kind of way. I walked out of these public toilets, went through the hall again with all the people around. And I went then back into this backstage area. And backstage area was about... I don't know how many people, five or six people, like other authors and other people. And I, it was weird because I knew there was only that four, three, four, five minutes left until I was due to be on stage. But somehow time spread out because I actually don't know what happened. I don't know whether they were a bit late and they called me up late. It was actually 10 minutes. But but somebody, uh, another author engaged me in conversation and we got into a, a really great conversation that seemed to me to last for a while, at least five minutes. And then somebody tapped me on my shoulder and said, it's time to go up on stage, John. So they took me up, they put my microphone on and I walked out onto stage in front of, they introduced me, walked out to stage in front of a thousand people. And I started to talk, which is my kind of prepared script about something. And it was only about two minutes in <laughs> that I realized <laughs> what I'd been going through, that, that, I, that I had a stain on my trousers and I looked down and there was nothing there. Hmm. And, and it was, it was the, one of the weirdest situations of my life because I can't understand how I forgot about the fact that I peed on myself and I was about to, about to stand in front of a thousand people. But that, that giving up that kind of trusting that it was going to work out is what did it. And it was a completely miraculous situation. <clears throat> and, um, and made the whole, I mean, also gave me a story to tell at the next talk that I did. But it, for me, it also perfectly summed up how fuck it works in the situations that we're talking about, mm. which is, you know, this is really fucking difficult. I don't like, and you, you know, you know what it's like, Aziz, with the, the building up. Once you've done one thing, once you've faced the fear and you've done it, then you want the next thing, don't you? You kind of, okay, I can do that. That's easy. I can do that. What's the next thing? Okay, I go out and I talk to this many people. Okay, I've, I can do that. So you keep jumping up a layer, mm-hmm. and 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 then you realize. So that's a great thing about it. That's a great kind of learning, or it's a great teaching. It's like you know, when you do face the fear and you do it, you will actually be able to do it. It will become habitual and be become natural. Um, but there, so there is the thing about facing the fear and doing it, and there is the thing which you read about in the book, kind of going, fuck it, I'm off. And I do do that occasionally. I do say no to a lot of stuff and I do kind of 
walk out of rooms when I can't bear it anymore. But this uh, this third kind of way was just a complete, a beautiful insight for me, which is I don't, I maybe don't have to have a strategy here. I just kind of give in to what's going to happen. And that's a beautiful way to live life as well. That's my, if I, if I have any ambition, it's to live my life more like that. Yeah. I mean, what a... I've talked too much. You talk. I, it's a, <laughs> say, say fuck it to talking too much because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great stuff and I, and, I, and I love it. And that story is just like hilarious and powerful. And, uh, you know, I just I, I feel a shift. I feel like a relaxing in my body as I hear you tell that story. So it's a very powerful way of teaching and, and, and getting to that exact point of like our brain is trying to control everything inside of itself like i'm going to control how these people these thousand people are going to see me and i'm going to control this stain on my pants and i'm going to control this and it can't control anything and so it's just in the state of like you know uh, squeezing and stressing and and when you say something like that like fuck fuck it okay let's i don't have to figure this out let's just see We're going to pause for one quick moment and then resume with our interview with confidence expert, John Parkin. Are you ready to take your confidence to the next level? What would you do with that confidence? Meet more people, find a girlfriend, excel in your company? Hands down, the most powerful way to truly transform your confidence long-term is to work with someone who knows exactly how to do it. Join Dr. Aziz and seven of your peers in a life-changing group coaching program called Total Confidence. Work directly with Dr. Aziz on your challenges, learn from your peers, and get the support you need to make that next big shift. Go to socialconfidencecenter.com coaching to find out more. I mean, you're stepping right into the flow of life, and I think that's a beautiful that's right. thing. And, and that leads actually to that um, thing I mentioned earlier about, you know, when we step into that, I, I want to get your thoughts on this and, and take it as far as you want in the spiritual direction because... Um, fuck it to, to, to trying to not talk about that stuff to, because people might not like it. But my experience is for many years, I would try to explain everything, um, you know, by what, uh, sort of in the rational scientific Western paradigm of if you don't see it, it doesn't exist kind of training that I had. So, so I was like, okay, I noticed that if I let go, say, fuck it, I get a better response and this first started with with uh, women and dating, and then it progressed into into business and clients and yeah. customers and business deals. And it's uh, when I say when I internally, fuck it, and I really let go, um, or let go eighty percent or whatever or something, then I get yeah. a very different response. And at first I was like, okay, my body language, my voice tone, yeah, and, and then energy too. Uh, but but then I started to think it feels bigger. It's like not only do people pick up on it but stuff starts coming into my life out of nowhere that is exactly what I want yes and I remember this really struck me just to use the example of women because it was the first time it really happened where I really I mean it was, it was so unusually profound that I it yeah. still sticks with me is and I was a few much of my story but I was really crippled with shyness around women for many years in my life yeah. And, um, and then when I did start talking to them, there was so much attachment of needing their approval and yes. all these things. Then I did a lot of work on that and really got to a place of like, fuck it. And I remember one day I was just in a space of that and I'd interact with them more and just really, I don't care. I don't need this. And I remember yeah. I was just uh, chatting with the cashier at a supermarket as I was checking out and 
maybe flirting with her, but I don't remember. And um, I'm, I'm walking out of the supermarket, and I'm in, in the parking lot, and I'm walking towards my car, and I hear in the distance, like, hey. Hmm. And I just keep walking because I don't not pay attention, and I hear it again, and I turn around, and it's these two women that are moving towards me. And then I didn't consciously register it, but all of a sudden it was like, oh, they were behind me in the line. I didn't really pay attention to them. And uh, they come up to me, and one of them just like, and they're very beautiful. And, yeah. and I'm sort of shocked by that. And then and one of them's like, hey, how, uh, how are you doing? And I was like, good. <laughs> and she's like, what are you up to? And all of a sudden I realized, like, oh, she just wants to talk to me. And I was yeah. like, it was the first time anything like that happened. But stuff like that happened more and more. And yeah. then I've noticed it in many different situations. And I'm curious about what you've seen, what clients or people from the yeah. retreats have seen. Like, what, what yeah. do you think about that? Um, well, I first of all, think that you, you've just expressed that all very beautifully and articulately. So thank you. <laughs> that was lovely to listen to. Um, a nice story as well. That's better than a pee, pee on your pants story, isn't it? <laughs> well, I have to, I have to <laughs> subtly try to one up all my guests. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I can't beat that. I've just gone to the other end, haven't I? I, I, I yeah, I you, to, you, you peed I on yourself, huh? Well, one down. My... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's peeing on yourself. Well, you know, I have a story about how hot women uh, approach me all the time. So, um, yes. you know, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I tell you the time when I shat my pants in front? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be a good, uh, good way to go. At the, I, at just the, go at the... I just go lower and lower and more humiliating and embarrassing, <laughs> and you just get higher and higher, just to a godlike status. I shat my pants I'm, at I'm the. I'm Gollum uh... to your um, to your Bilbo. <laughs> at the uh, at the uh, I was I went to the. Um... I'm going to botch the British terms here, but I'll just make up them. I went to, uh, you know, number 11 at the, at the Chancellor's uh, mansion, and then that's where I shat myself. Yeah. Oh, God. No, don't, let's, let's lose that image. Yes, let it go. Gone. What are we go. talking about? <laughs> you asked me a question, didn't you? Um, about how things, uh, you know, kind of come to us when we let go. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Ah, um, if this is a... This is a big one, really, because, um, and I, t- I tell you, a great book, if, if, if anybody interested in reading background to some of this stuff, a great book on this is a, a book called The Field, um, <clears throat> which I always recommend, actually. It's, it's, my, it's the best guide to this stuff, which is, The Field is basically um, a kind of, it's a, it's a journalist. She um, lives in the UK, but I think she's originally American journalist. Um, Lynn McTaggart, who talks about it's where modern science and spirituality, or not actually, it's quantum physics, so it's quite old science, some of it, but where science and spirituality overlap. She talks about um, the, this field, which is the quantum, the zero point field or the quantum field. The idea is that um, at the very, very small level, the, the, the quantum level, that everything is connected, that everything is an energy, and uh, that, that um, something over uh, on one side of the planet can affect something on the other side of the planet in an instant like that, even though the two things are apparently separate. So this whole, there's a whole range of very peculiar ideas in quantum physics that are very interesting. It's kind of the scientific version of the spiritual ideas, everything being one and everything being interconnected that you find in a lot of the old spiritualities. Um, 
So that's all very well and good. <laughs> um, it becomes relevant to me, uh, like it became relevant, I suppose, to somebody like Young and the kind of synchronicity stuff. It becomes relevant to me when um, interesting things start to happen in my life. So when the big coincidences start to happen or when I create an effect that I didn't anticipate or when I have a thought and then I manifest something really quickly. And um, what I've noticed over um, 20 years of, of doing this stuff is that that happens when I'm relaxed and doesn't seem to happen so much when I'm not relaxed. So the miracles seem to happen when I'm <clears throat> when I'm really chilled out and when I'm in a relaxed state of mind, when I'm in a fuck it state. Um, and Lynn McTaggart talks about uh, a lot in that book about how you, because all the quantum physicists know what happens at a quantum level, but they, they can't see it happening at our level, at the big stuff level, mm. at the solid human beings level. At the, this is the, the, the Newtonian physics, the every action is an equal opposite reaction level. So all the quantum physicists want a dog to be able to run through a tree. They want to turn round and then to be, you know, limitless possibilities. You know, when I turn away from something, behind me, it's limitless. When I turn back, it manifests into a dog banging its head on a tree. That's, that's the, the, the quantum physics idea. What, what the, the, the person, the spiritual investigator realizes is that it's the relaxation that can kind of unlock some of this stuff in your life. And that's what, in the end, Lynn McTaggart gets to. A lot of the experiments in, for example, the, 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 the psychic um, experiments that were being done on the kind of psychic spies uh, in North America, in America in, in um, 1970s, I think, 1970s and 1980s, funded by the CIA. Um, what they demonstrated, I mean, it, it was amazing stuff, and there's loads of great stories around all that area, which I won't go into, but there was a very, very key finding, which a lot of people ignored, which was that the psychics, the successful psychics, would become successfully psychic, um, it seems, by becoming very playful and by being very relaxed. Mm. And they observed this, the, the scientists, and what they did is they got ordinary people, like you and me. Now, we're not ordinary people, are we? We're, we're, we're superhuman. We're godlike. godlike. We're, yes. Yeah, we're godlike stain-making humans. They got, they got stain removing. People. You use your stain godlike removing. powers to make That's it vanish. True. That's true. Maybe that was you <laughs> from, your, from your god cloud was removing the stain. Uh, maybe, maybe when hearing the story now, you projected back into the past two years ago. Um, so or, they got basically ordinary people in and they, they basically found ways to relax. Number one, relax them. And number two, make them playful. So they give them, for example, video games to play. Or they'd say, okay, before we do the real experiment... We just want to ask you something. So they'd make, put, you know, basically put them off their guard, make them just kind of, I don't know what, the, what else they did, but I think it was video games. And what they found was that these, these, these um, ordinary people could actually demonstrate psychic skills as powerful as the professional psychics when they were in that relaxed, completely relaxed state. And uh, Lynn McTaggart uses that as an example of the way to tap in to this field this weird stuff is to relax and be playful mm. and you find this all over the place you, and, you know the best healers will say well i don't you know 
I'm not really bothered about the healing. I just do it for the fun of it. You know, the the most successful people, the most successful business people, when you get to it, and that this is not this is not on the psychic level, but it could be about manifesting stuff in very peculiar ways. They tend to be really relaxed. Them, some of the most successful people are very very relaxed people. Mm. Um, but in my life, I've noticed that to get the weird stuff happening. And the weird stuff is, is you know, anticipation of events, being slightly psychic, you know, understanding what other people are thinking or manifesting things. So, you know, I might say, okay, I put out for a parking, you know, classic stuff. I put out for a parking space on the high street of whatever town or I put out for the, the right, um, you know, web designer to come into our lives in the next week. When you do that from a relaxed place and you're really relaxed about it, it happens in a totally miraculous ways. And I think part of the reason, and I, you see, I don't even know whether I'd describe this as spiritual. To me, it's kind of energetic, really. Mm. Um, that, that this stuff really does happen and really does work uh, in, in a way that most, most of us are coming from a materialistic kind of, you know, it's a physical world. We're separate beings, everything's solid. Uh, we have feelings, but we, you know, we can't hear other people's thoughts or feelings, all that. That's the background. But it's actually not like that underneath, that there is another, there's another aspect to life where every, lots of things, if not everything, are stroke, is connected. And that, you know, my thoughts can have an effect on somebody on the other side of the planet. You know, and if, if, if I think about my mother now and I relax it will have a physiological effect on her. And those, those things are demonstrated in, in scientific experiments. Um, so back to our, I've done it again, I've talked too much, but it's much more fun when we're, <laughs> when we're joking. But anyway, back to, um, back to the point of, you know, what does, in these situations, either doing a meeting or a social situation, what, does it, what happens when you relax? Or what happens when you say fuck it, which to me is one way to relax around it because it addresses head on this thing of this is so important or this is too important. Or, I'm, you know, oh, my God, if it goes wrong, I've had it. Oh, fuck it. It doesn't matter. When I say fuck it, it doesn't matter. I relax, relax physiologically. My brain relaxes. The whole thing relaxes. So as well as the physiological effects that other people will pick up on, as well as the psychological effects, which makes me funnier, stupider, and therefore probably more likable in that social context or even you know, in the business context, more creative. So I might come up with solutions more quickly. There's another level as well, which is the where, where we're all connected, the energetic level, which means I, you know, there's incredible things happening. I'm pulling people towards me. Other people are bouncing off me. And the, the, the situations are changing. Oh, I'm becoming super perceptive about a situation uh, because I'm more relaxed. So it's like, it's like in a video game. I don't know. I, I haven't got the analogy, but it's, it's like flicking a switch from paradigm one, which is, you know, this is situation, other beings, <laughs> I've got to win them over, to paradigm two, which is a kind of, it's more like a hippie paradigm. It's like, we're all connected. This is all beautiful. Everything will work out. I trust that it's going to be a gorgeous thing. And whatever happens, I'd see it as an adventure and we'll all benefit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And uh, man, uh, Paradigm 2 is a hell of a lot more fun. Having oh, lived in, in both, uh, I, you know, and, and falling back into one when I'm in stressed or, you know, reverting yeah. or something, but then coming back to yeah. Paradigm 2. And, and the thing that, um, you know, because I sometimes work with people who are a little more 
you know, listen, Aziz, I, I want to get results. I want to improve my sales confidence or grow my business. Come on now. You know, and, and, and the way that I kind of win them over is like, listen, uh, this woo-woo stuff, this, you know, more hippie stuff that we're going to work on, your inner game, that actually is going to get you better results in this yes. area in your life. And that's an, an initial sell that actually really works because it's true. Yes. And it is. Um, if you're... If you're clenched inside, your solar plexus is tight, your chest is tight, your face is tight, and and even if you're trying to hide it, um, yeah. you know, but you, I want this person to like me, I want this person to buy from me, I want this, I, you know, from them, uh, yeah. you're going to repel them. Uh, and you really are. Yeah, they feel it, don't they? We yeah. all feel it. Yeah. Whether we know it or not, we feel it. <laughs> yes, we, yeah, we pick up on it. You know, talk about our mirror yeah. neurons, all our sensors that are beyond our... Um, yeah. conscious mind. And, and I know we're, uh, we're going along here. There's, there's one last thing that I wanted to share, which was from your, your book, which I thought was uh, phenomenal, as I mentioned before, but about the, and this is looping back to about what other people think of us and fuck it. And uh, there's a section in there where you write about um, what's really going on in other people when they're judging us or giving us advice or other stuff. And, yes. and, there, and I'm going to, um, it's about a, a woman, uh, a man who approaches a woman, and they work together. And uh, he sort of takes her aside and wants to give her some uh, friendly advice about how she's carrying on at work. She's dated sev- several of the people there, and he's worried about her getting a reputation as being, uh, you know, uh, promiscuous or something. And, yeah. and I love how y- you break down what's really happening there. Yeah. And... Um, which, you know, if people who haven't read the book, it's basically he is attracted to her, he wants her, he feels yeah. rejected. And so now he's coming at her with all this stuff. And uh, that happens, I've seen it happen many times with clients of mine in my own personal life, where someone comes yes. at me with advice or criticism, and it's not about me, it's about them yeah. and what's That's going right. on. So uh, I'm curious, I thought that would be a great way to, to kind of tie it full circle. You know, how do we. What are your thoughts on that about, you know, it coming from someone else? How do we hold that? How do we hold the feedback or criticism that we get from others? There's that, um, there's that line, um, what you think of me is none of my business. Um, which <laughs> I, I like find that. I've never heard that. that. I like that. It's, it's nice, isn't it? It, it kind of really works. And it, th- these lines can become am I, like mantras for us. And uh, so it's kind of this one level to kind of, say well you know what you're what they're saying even if it's about me it's like they're probably not being personal it's probably their stuff you know it's a, it's quite an easy reaction to kind of go it's their stuff it's nothing to do with me but the idea that it's nothing it's none of my business in any way excuse me um is is powerful powerful, powerful. I'm not, i was going to throw this phone out of the window <laughs> but it's now stopped it saved my phone <laughs> 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 I like how much you prioritize this interview. It's like, I don't need this thing. That was, yeah, it really was a fuck. I wasn't, if it carried on ringing, I really had said, fuck it. The window's open. I was just going to throw it. <laughs> I, um, uh, I, my, my phone is too, too precious. Sweet, sweet, uh, uh smartphone device. I, I could never part with that. My, that's my, it's my second. No, child. I'm only through. I'm, I don't, no, I was only, it's only a 10 euro thing that I would have. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, no, if it was my smartphone, then uh, now you're talking. No, of course not. <laughs> no, no. I would have just sat on it. <laughs> so yeah, this, this thing of um, pe- how people are with it. I mean, it's 
this is just such essential stuff, isn't it? Because it, it's there in every moment of the day. Um, it's there in every interaction we have. We just take it personally all the time. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, of course, sometimes it it's personal. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. And, and part of the trick is to be able to know when it's personal and to really hear it. You know, if somebody says, actually, you're boring, <laughs> you can always go on about yourself. Uh, I can't bear to be with you anymore blah 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 and you kind of go yeah, none of my business nothing to do it's just your stuff <laughs> i'm probably missing something that actually i'm probably being a bit too boring and talking about myself uh too much there so there's going to be times when you need to really listen and it is about you but generally it's not about us and it's other people's um stuff so fuck it and it the fuck it then becomes a uh, kind of again that doesn't matter so much what there's it doesn't matter whether it's whether it is their thing or it's not or what it doesn't matter so much and the 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 progress really is is generally in fuck it it's not selfishness but it's from a placing too much in, importance on the outside stuff mm. whether that's um how we've tagged a situation you know the interview is important the job is important the uh, the economy is important. That's how we've tagged it, or how we're tagging the input that's coming in. Whether the, whether it's the friend saying it, the teacher saying it, whether it's our perceived the perception of, you know, how we're going to be seen when we go out to that party or whatever. So it, instead of placing so much importance on the outside, the external stuff stimuli, it's kind of going inside more. It's always more about going inside and going, okay, what's going on here? How do I feel? Uh, what do I want? What do I desire? Uh, what should I say? What's my truth? And um, uh, to make a bit of a link there, when we get into our truth, um, it automatically relaxes us. So I've done lots of tests on this, and it's it's actually pretty much the essence of a lie detector test because you can't lie and be relaxed at the same time. Mm. Uh, that's what that's what the CIA are testing, or whoever it is that's testing on the lie detector test. I mean, it's an amazing, this is an amazing, one of the most amazing perceptions for me, that it's impossible to lie and be relax, relaxed at the same time. And what that means, I don't mean lying as in, you know, no, I wasn't there, governor, in the bank with a stocking over my head and a shotgun. L lying at a subtle level. Lying is about, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy, thank you. No, it's great, yeah. Oh, no, I'm really happy to go and pick up the kids. You know, oh, yes, no, it's a great job. You know, what a wonderful presentation. That's lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That they're all lies at one level or another. I mean, some some stuff we have to say to other people, but generally, you know, the thing that says, yeah, I'm really happy, it's great, which is what we tell ourselves all the time, it's a lie, and we can't relax in that. But you can, we, we can only relax in truth. So when we tell the truth to ourselves or to others, it relaxes us. Yeah. And when we relax, it can make us tell the truth, which is kind of, that's kind of where we come from as well, isn't it? When you, when I, you and I completely relax... And we go out into a social situation, we tell the truth, which is like, oh, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, and people start to laugh. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 they do. Yeah. And, and, they, <laughs> and people will, um, I, yeah, I've absolutely, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I've been in a conversation with someone where I've just uh, kind of nodded and, and felt tight in my body and just tried to agree with them. I mean, I used yeah. to do that all the time and now I'll, I'll interrupt and I'll be like I I don't know exactly know what that means like what yeah. what, what do you mean or <laughs> what are you talking about and, and if I do it in just a, a relaxed way or a playful way um, 
people are, are happy to to share. And I, I, um, I just looked at the time here. I feel like uh, we've must see here. If we each had 17, I don't know how many you got to <laughs> on your list. I maybe got to three or four on mine. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it could go on, couldn't we? <laughs> it could go on. But this is a phenomenal. I mean, I just uh, I think you have from from the work you've been doing for so many years and working with people in these retreats and really teaching this stuff, I, I think there's uh, some profound uh, freedom that to bring it to the way, way back, the, the two poles, approval versus freedom, uh, I think you can really help people to, to relax and to step into their uh, more and more freedom in their life, which is incredibly fulfilling and exciting. And, and if people wanted to uh, learn more about you about the retreats about books where how could people do that well thanks for what you say Aziz it's very uh, sweet of you thank you um, and you're doing amazing things too I can see that from what I've seen of your work it's um, it's brilliant what you're doing um, to find out more about us it's quite simple really I mean we are on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere but our website is um, uh, the fuck it life fuck spelt out f-u-c-k um, which makes it hard occasionally, but thefuckitlife.com. Um, or, or just Google The Fuck It Life and you get to our site. And it's possible on there actually um, to do a fuck it test, just to see how fuck it you are. And, um, and that's on the front page. And so you, you can basically get a score of how fuck it you are. And, that, and you sign up for that. So that means you can then get emails from us as well. Oh, fantastic. Um, stupid emails from me every couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with loads of embarrassing stories. <laughs> no, I haven't told that one to our list, actually. I haven't told the P story. Well, yeah, you got, you got to save that one for the... Uh, the interaction, the live events. I mean, there's such a there's such a drama to it that it's. Uh... Yeah, but you can't tell it too many times. I mean, I did when I did when I do tell it. I I take a bucket. On, I've done it a couple of times, and I can't really do it again. But I have a bucket on stage, and I act the thing out as well, <laughs> including with live stain created by water. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> I have a stage stain. That is phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, great. Well, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you and um, look forward to doing one again um, in the future. That would be good. It has been it has been great fun to talk, Aziz. Thank you very much. And I hope your listeners have enjoyed it and benefited from it too. It's been great. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the interview and the end of our episode. But of course, before we go anywhere, we got to leave with what... That's right, your action step, because none of this stuff does anything for you if you don't put it into, that's right, into action. So let's jump into that right now. Time for action! Your action step, you can probably guess based upon what this show is all about, which is, you know, say fuck it and do what scares you. So your action step is to say fuck it and do what scares you. So it could be something real small. It could be something big. You are the one who gets to determine your rate, your pace, your own progress. But just find that one little thing. (sighs) Take a big sigh beforehand, say fuck it, and then just do it. Just do it. Just fuck it and do it. And if you can get into that habit of just saying fuck it and doing it, fuck it and do it, it's amazing how much you can start to just get a momentum in your life and start making that progress more quickly. And you can take on bigger things and bigger risks because you realize you can handle it. You can handle it if you make a joke and people don't laugh. You can handle it if you try to you know, have a sales conversation and they say no. You can handle it if you walk over and talk to that woman and she doesn't want to talk to you. 
you know, fuck it, do it, see what happens, and then do it again, and then do it again, and again. So that's the general process. But for today, the action step is just to do it once. And if you can do that and bring that into your life, you can really start to see a powerful shift that cumulatively builds up your confidence over time. So thanks so much for joining me for today's show. If you're enjoying it, if you love these uh, episodes, please, by all means, go to uh, iTunes and give the show a positive rating. It helps me reach more people. And then we can continue with the mission of Operation Mass Liberation, helping as many people as possible break free from self-doubt, self-criticism, shyness, whatever's holding them back so that they can be more of themselves. Because that's what I'm all about and that's what you're all about if you're listening to this show and, and you made it this far in this episode. So by all means, let's spread this to as many people as we can. Um, give it a five-star rating on iTunes and uh, tell people about the show. You know, Send them a link. Give them a, give them a chance to listen to it and uh, get some of the benefits that, that you do as well. So thanks so much. I love doing these and, and having these conversations with you. And by all means, go to shrinkfortheshyguy.com if you want to send me a message there or an audio message, and I can incorporate that into into future shows and answer any questions you might have. So thanks again for listening. And until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.